Welcome back once again to Literature <laughs> with we... Sam and Sandy. Ooh. Featuring <laughs> where we read books. Featuring miscellaneous noises. Um. So today, did we say everything we needed to say in song? We sang it. Okay. Um, so today, we are... Uh, discussing 12 angry men yeah but what else <laughs> <laughs> by right. reginald rose which i want to know name. how angry the men are and how hot they are <laughs> well they're pretty angry and it is the hottest day of the year uh and there is no air con so that i understand their and angriness is connected i understand now why they are so angry like, <laughs> yeah i knew you're gonna ask me why they were angry and i thought i'd just no air lay con. it all on the table yeah 12 angry men one sympathetic listener <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you the like the quick introduction and then we're gonna have to cast this because none of them have names yeah they got numbers right exactly that's and how that's i want my men to be just that's numbered be confusing. yeah numbered sweaty angry hot some of them more so than others, probably. Sweaty or hot? Both. <laughs> it's true. We can make them all hot. We can be like a magic mic, angry men <laughs> yeah, reading. Yeah, fan cast. <laughs> yeah, fan cast of 12 angry men, but all make right. it sexy. Yeah. So this is an interesting one um, because it started its life as a teleplay, which is something that we don't really have anymore. What's a teleplay, Sandy? Uh, well, in the 50s, they would... They were like a play, but it was written to be filmed in front of a live studio audience and broadcast on television. So a sitcom. I guess, but like a play, like longer, presumably with like a bathroom break in the middle. Angrier. Angrier. More men. (laughs) More sexy, angry, hot. Okay. Uh, The guy who wrote it, Reginald Rose, wrote a lot for TV over his life. So like courtroom dramas... Um, and there was like an episode of The Twilight Zone as well. Oh, which one? I don't. I didn't write that down. Well, fuck. Just look it up. All Listeners. Right. <laughs> Listeners, just look, look it up. It up. <laughs> do I have to do everything around here? Yes. Um. Uh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm at peace with that. So one of the first classics that we've done that's won an Emmy in its own right. <gasps> And potentially the only that we'll ever do. Oh, we can do an EGOT one. (laughs) Um, So it was adapted for the stage, so an actual play. So no tele, just play. Yeah. Um, By a guy called Sherman Sergo, which is the one I read. Yeah, that's the one I'm familiar with. When you said Reginald, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was written in 54, but then adapted for the stage of 55. So I think the stage version is potentially even more well-known than the original although i'm not sure what the film how much the film took from each thing because the film came out a couple years later i think and that's i think the most famous version is who's in the film is it people that i don't know like i looked at it and they're all like 50s actors that i don't recognize so no heartthrobs really oh yeah unfortunately although one kind of looks like don draper oh so we should cast john ham as him but i'm getting ahead of myself here Juror Ham. Yeah. So it starts off with the voice of the judge speaking from off stage, and he lays out the premise for us. Thanks, judge. Yeah. He says a man has been murdered, and now another man may die. <gasps> it's a death penalty case. Um, and so this obviously depends on whether the jury finds him guilty or not. The judge says they must find the defendant guilty if there is no reasonable doubt of his guilt. Okay. If there is a reasonable doubt, they must find him innocent. So the words reasonable doubt are going to come up a lot. It's, a lot. It's going to be important. Capital R, capital D. Got yeah. It. 
The judge goes on to say that the vote must be unanimous, and he ends by emphasizing how grave their responsibility is okay. and how they must deliberate the verdict with honesty and serious thought. Serious thought? Yes. Can't be joking around? Yeah, so it's a good thing they're not complex and flawed humans with ingrained prejudices. Otherwise, that could, that could hey. interfere with things. Listen, I don't know if you meant it, but the way you said that <laughs> made it sound like they are complex humans with like ingrained thoughts and injustices. So, I don't know um, how you got that from the my tone of voice and words that I chose. I don't know either. It's just something. <laughs> just a little something. You ready for act one? I'm so, how many acts we got here? We got three. Of course. <laughs> oh, no. That's not, no. that's not obvious. Like Shakespeare usually has five acts, which is too many, frankly. I know. Three is well, a good amount. Three is the... Two, actually, ideal, probably. No, that's dumb. You have to have the... The second act is when things happen. The third act is when things... Resolute. <laughs> Cease to happen. Cease to happen. So part one is like, mm. it's gonna happen. Two, it's happening. <laughs> Three, it happened. That's how to write an essay. Yeah. So you're you welcome, high what... school students. Yeah, Listen exactly. Listen up. You tell them what you're gonna tell them. This you is tell coming... Them... And then you tell them what you told them. I did well in English in high school. I so. believe because you're in love with your teacher, right? And you needed him to yeah, I impress. Did. That's why I did well in English in uni. Well, to be fair, I was doing well in English long before I fell in love with my teacher. He just so happened to be my teacher. Well, he fell in love with you because you're good at English. If he fell in love with me, he would have married me instead of the fucking other person he married. <laughs> You know, the adult. The adult. He, he would have been embroiled in a scandal if he loved me. He would have taken it. <laughs> he would have done something about it. He would have done something. But here's the thing, right? I think we've spoken about this, but potentially, when you have a crush on someone that's mm -hmm. like an authority figure, like mm -hmm. a teacher and stuff, mm -hmm. it's all fun and games until they do make a move. Then you kind of just lose you respect. You're like, yeah. ew, predator. But they're not the person that you fell in love with then. Yeah, but so like, don't do it. So in conclusion, <laughs> yeah. I am the 13th angry man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's start on act one. Let's do it. So lights come up and we're in a jury room. Jury Ooh, room. Jury. I can't. <laughs> Why is that so hard to say? I don't know. <laughs> jury room. The day is hot and the air conditioner is broken, like uh, I said. Some mm. of them go to the water cooler. One lights a pipe. The others go to the water cooler. I wasn't <laughs> So everyone goes in the water attention. cooler except for one guy who lights a pipe. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to read you the cast list so we can cast this puppy. Okay. Otherwise, keeping all the jurors straight is going to be a nightmare. So, And I just screenshotted this from the actual play itself, the cast list. So the foreman, or juror number one, I guess, but he's always called the foreman in the script. Mm -hmm. He is a small, petty man who is impressed uh, with the authority he has and handles himself quite formally. Ooh. He is not overly bright, but docked. But who? Dogged, so like stubborn, I guess. Like Ooh, serious, okay. yeah. Um, it can be, um, oh, what's that actor's name? Small. Oh. Off to a great start. Oh, no. <laughs> what's his name? He's like bold and little and, oh. Stanley Tucci. I actually think I know the guy you're talking about, but I don't know his name. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. like in, um, oh, no. You can look it up if you want. I would love to, but I can't remember what he's in. Oh my god, I hate my life. You know what? Mm -hmm. We'll call him Foreman for now until I remember <laughs> okay, the actor's yeah, the, he'll, name. He'll probably be easier to remember than the other ones. Juror number two. He is a meek, hesitant man who finds it difficult to maintain any opinions of his own. Aww. He is easily... So he's younger as well. He's easily swayed and he usually adopts the opinion of the last person to whom he is spoken. Tom Holland. 
Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> but like Tom Holland in like in The Impossible. <laughs> so okay. he's 12. <laughs> <laughs> All right, juror number 3. Now he's he's one of our mains as well. So this guy is important. John Hamm. No, no, that's not John Hamm. Fuck. But this guy is a very strong, forceful, extremely opinionated man with uh, within whom can be detected a streak of sadism. So he's, you know, pretty impressed with himself. He is humorless and intolerant of the opinions of others Ooh. other than his own and accustomed to forcing his wishes and views on other people. J.K. Simmons is um, J. Jonah Jameson. Perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> J.K. Simmons, done. Pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, juror number four. Another really, really important character. Um, John Hamm. He could do it. Um, he seems to be a man, but he's not the one I want for him. Uh, he seems to be a man of wealth and position and is mm. a practice speaker who presents himself well at mm. all times. He's very like serious, really smart. He seems to feel a little bit above the rest of the jurors. Mm-hmm. Um, he immediately kind of takes charge. Okay. You know, in spite of the foreman's existence, he's, he's basically the foreman. Yeah, don't worry about it. His only uh, concern is with the facts of the case. It's Tommy Shelby. Ooh, mm. No? Okay, wealthy. Um, this guy's daddy, okay? Like, oh, daddy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> ooh, Brad Whitford. No? Oh, yeah? Too, no, a bit too goofy. Hang yeah, on. Yeah. Daddy, okay. Um, <laughs> like Alan Rickman, maybe, as an American? But, like, not, you know, that's not quite the right energy. Yeah, hang on. Mm. So, let's think about this. Let me put on, let me find list of <laughs> older actors, Zaddy. <laughs> Stanley Tucci could do it. It, literally the first photo is Stanley fucking Tucci. <laughs> That's nice. insane. Wow. Oh my God. Should we make it Stanley? Is it Stanley Tucci? Let's just make it Stanley. It's Stanley. Okay. Stanley Tucci. So we've got J.K. Simmons, Stanley Tucci. Okay, now hang we've got on. Juror number five. Now, originally, I thought juror number five as Tom Holland. So that's interesting. That you oh, really? Okay. Why? Two. Why is juror five Holland? He is a naive, um, sort of nervous, frightened young man who takes his obligations very seriously, but who finds it difficult to speak up when his that's Donald Gleason. What are you talking about? <laughs> when his elders have the floor, sure, we can make that Donald Gleason or Ron Weasley. <laughs> well, because later it's revealed that he grew up in slums and that mm. he's from like a poor background. That is very. Like Spider-Man, Tom Holland, right? Yeah, no, you're right. Oh, yeah. you know who we haven't cast yet? Mm. Is there room for Tom Hiddleston? Yes. Okay. okay. All right. So let's just do a quick recap. Mm-hmm. For- <laughs> so Foreman, Foreman, don't know. Don't know care. yet. Juror number one is Donald Gleason. So, sorry. No, sorry. Foreman oh, is juror number one. Ugh. Juror number, number two, two, Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason. He's kind of like meek and he mm. just agrees with people. Agrees with people. Do you think? Oh, okay. Who else is a fucking little bitch? Um, <laughs> Let's think about this. Elijah Wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Elijah Wood. Perfect. Okay. Elijah Wood. Okay, number three is... J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, Pictures of Spider-Man. Number four, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci, Zaddy. Yeah. Number five, Little Street Rat, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. All right, now uh, we're on number six. Number six, an honest but dull-witted man who comes to his decisions very slowly and carefully, kind of working class... Finds it difficult to create positive opinions, but who must listen to and digest and accept the opinions offered by others. I know exactly who this is. Who is it? This is Josh Hutcherson. Peter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The baker's son. Yeah. He could do it. I think Jurassic is meant to be a bit older. He's got like a family. Oh, he's old? Oh, okay. Not like old, but like, you know, like 
Like, okay. Like, he's got a young family at home. He's got a kid. All I can Let's think, think of, about this. All I can think of is in Cinderella 2, the actual baker. <laughs> what about, like, Tom Hanks? Oh, yeah. Done. Yeah, okay. Sim- uh, it's Forrest Gump. Got yeah, it. yeah. Um... Okay, juror number seven, loud, flashy, glad-handed salesman type who has more important things to do than sit on a jury. He's quick to show his temper and equally quick to form opinions on things about which he knows nothing. He's a bully and a coward. <laughs> oh, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, I, th- I thought Zac yeah. Efron initially. I thought he could do it. I'm thinking, I don't but know also, why, but I've got a British vibe happening from the, like... But they're all American. Oh. <laughs> it's set in America. Oh, sorry. It's 12 angry men, not 12 slightly ruffled men. <laughs> <laughs> 12 disgruntled men. <laughs> disgruntled men. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or like Channing Tatum, even. No, not Channing. No. Flashy. Um. Loud coward. Oh, Bradley mm. Cooper. Oh, we got him. So juror number eight is the one when you said Tom Hiddleston. Okay. He's a quiet, thoughtful, gentle man. Ooh. A man who sees all sides of every question <gasps> and constantly seeks the truth. He's like the hero of the story as well. He's a man of strength tempered with compassion. Above all, he's a man who wants justice to be done. Yeah, it's Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, that can be Tom. Juror number nine, a mild, gentle old man. Long mm. since defeated by life and now merely waiting to die. <laughs> he recognizes himself for what he is and mourns the days when it would have been possible to be courageous uh, without shielding himself behind his many years. Um, who's super old? Who's old? Danny DeVito, um, Clint Eastwood, Jack Nicholson, Tom Selleck, Gary Oldman. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's getting on. He might not be quite old enough. What about Gary Oldman in prosthetics? Yeah, I reckon he could do it. <laughs> like Gary Oldman in what's that stupid movie? The Darkest Hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll put Gary in there. Gary, very Oldman. <laughs> Juror number 10. This is interesting because I'm not sure about this one. He's an angry, bitter man. Uh, a man who antagonizes almost at sight. He's a bigot. Uh, and he doesn't, you know, see the value in other lives apart from his own. Uh, he's a man who's been nowhere and is going nowhere and knows it. I know exactly who this is. Who? Benedict Cumberbatch and Atonement. <laughs> I imagine this guy is like an old racist type. Uh, old, oh, old Clint man. Eastwood. In Gran Torino. <laughs> yeah, all right. Done. <laughs> um, juror number 11, a refugee from Europe. So implied Jew. It's Josh man. Cake, TM. <laughs> oh, implied Jew. Jewish. Jewish. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Say the whole word. <laughs> um, he speaks with an accent and is ashamed, humble, almost subservient to the people around him. He will honestly seek justice because he has suffered through so much injustice. Oh, don't we know it? Mm. All right, who's super Jewish? Paul Rudd. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine him as a bit older as well, but it's the 50s, so maybe he's not that old. Jewish actors. Ooh, um, what's his name? I don't even know if he's actually Jewish, but um, I think he's actually Lebanese. What's the... The guy who plays Monk, what's his name? Oh, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub. I love Tony Shalhoub. He could do it. Hang on, is he Jewish? I don't want to be cancelled. I don't think he is Jewish. (laughs) Hang on, hang on. But he plays a Jewish man on uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, yeah, that counts, right? <laughs> well, if he's already been cast as a Jewish That's man. all right. Don't worry about it. Hang on. Let's no, just double fault, check. Right? Uh, where's early life and education? Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's Lebanese. He is Lebanese. Okay. It's, all, it's all right. He's well, maybe Jew- he's a refugee from Lebanon. Lebanon. Because <laughs> it never... <laughs> In <laughs> Lebanese, yeah, yeah. It never um, explicitly states. Okay, it's Tony Shalhoub. Okay. Done. 
Juror number 12, a slick, bright advertising man. Zach Efron? Don Draper. Oh! <laughs> I'm so sorry! They're you were really looking at me so it. expectantly, and I was like... <laughs> we're all I mean, Zach Efron could do it as well. No, it's Don Draper. Yeah, it's Don Draper. He thinks of... He, he's not quite as smart as Don Draper. He's more like Pete. Oh, On the level of Pete, probably. Pete. But... He thinks of people as percentages, graphs, and polls. No real understanding of people. He's a superficial snob, but trying to be a good guy. <laughs> Listeners, uh, we've written down a list of the jurors and who they should be. And we're just going to... I'm going to quickly read them out so that we're all on the same <laughs> okay. audio page. Mm-hmm. Foreman slash juror one is Wallace Shawn, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Uh, what's the word he keeps saying in Princess Bride? Sicilian. <laughs> Oh, inconceivable. Inconceivable. Yeah. Juror two is Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. Sandy will live with it. Eli- <laughs> Elijah Wood in like Sin City. <laughs> <laughs> Juror three is J.K. Simmons, but the J. Jonah Jameson version of him. Mm-hmm. Juror four is Stanley Tucci, mm-hmm. the zaddy version of him. So <laughs> yeah. like easy A Stanley Tucci. Yeah. <laughs> well, not as easygoing. It's more serious. More Devil Wears Prada, I think. Oh. Okay. You know, like business. Business, Tucci. Yeah. Okay. Juror five is Tom Holland slash. It just says boy. Boy. <laughs> just boy. Come well, here, boy. Like him with his New York accent. I think that he. Yeah. Does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> Spider boy. Um, juror six <sighs> is Tom Hanks slash Gump. It just says. Yeah. Juror seven is Bradley Cooper slash A Team, like mm-hmm. human A Team. Juror 8 is Tom Hiddleston, and I think I ran out. It just says him. It's just Tom Hiddleston as a person, I guess. Yep. With his I Heart TS shirt. Oh, what a vibe. Uh-huh. Juror 9 is Gary Very Oldman. Yeah, so like a, the oldest version of Gary Oldman, you says, can imagine. Yeah, forward slash old. <laughs> Juror 10, Clint Eastwood. Racist. Racist. Your Gran Torino version, mm-hmm. or just like everyday version. I don't know. Yeah. Juror your 11 is original flavor. Yeah, Tony Shaloub, monk. Mm-hmm. Juror 12 is John Hamm as Don Draper. As or just Don Draper. Don Draper as John Hamm, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's it. Those are John 12 Hamm ang- as Don Draper as Juror 12. As Juror 12. These are 12 angry men. There they are. We've got them. We've got them. Okay, you Only ready? half an hour into the recording. <laughs> Time to start the play. <laughs> oh, what? There's a play? <laughs> so, Tom Holland smoking a pipe. Bradley no. Cooper hates the heat, goes over to the window to open it a bit wider. It's going to get hotter in there, buddy. Others gather around, standing, leaning on chairs. Uh, Bradley Cooper offers gum to the guys at the water cooler and tries to make chit-chat with them. He's bitching about the lack of aircon. Bradley Cooper so far is the most relatable character. Yeah, yeah. And he's got take five gum. You know, <laughs> The watermelon one. The watermelon one. He's like, guys, it's the Avengers edition. <laughs> Number five, so Tom Holland mentions he didn't realize they'd be locked in. So they've all been locked in this room. Of course. What an idiot. Boy. Uh, so John Hamm, as Don Draper, as Juror 12, agrees with Bradley Cooper. He's like, my taxes are high enough that they should be able to afford air conditioning in here. Uh, Juror 4, so Stanley Tucci, is reading the tone of the room and asks everyone to openly admit that the hot weather has them all feeling short-tempered. A bit angry, would you say? Mm Mm-hmm. Three, so J.K. Simmons says he feels just fine to be <laughs> argumentative. You know why he's fine? Because he's a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don Draper muses aloud, 12, muses aloud that he might return from the proceedings to find his job gone as the advertising industry is very fast paced. 
and we fast get changing. You're an ad man, all right? J.K. Simmons jokes that Stanley Tucci should give Don Draper a job, considering Stanley Tucci's custom-tailored suit means he's probably pretty rich. All right, so we're getting mm-hmm. some digs in here. Yeah. Uh, the foreman, Wallace Shawn, Wallace though earlier Shawn. he suggested that it was everyone's civil duty to serve on the jury, brings up a friend of his that wanted to serve on the jury in his place that offered to. Maybe because it's paid, or maybe he just loves true crime. <laughs> Um, I'm not really sure. He just sure. wants to watch a man die. Maybe. Maybe he just was bored. I'm not sure what the situation is there. But Seven asks why the foreman... So Seven, um, Bradley Cooper, Cooper asks why Wallace Shawn didn't take his friend up on this. And Wallace Shawn, the foreman, responds that it's because of the steep fine if you get caught. Um, you know, swapping out for a different person. Ooh. Plus uh, a different friend or a friend of his uncle's had previously served on a jury that found the defendant not guilty. You're talking so fast. I'm sorry. And so furious. A different friend of his or a friend of his uncle's had previously served on a jury. That jury had found the defendant not guilty, but later learned that he actually did do the murder. So they turned a murderer loose. So it's heavy. Oh, no. So all the jurors went to jail. (laughs) I don't think that's how it works. What? (laughs) That's stupid. Who came up with this? The Tooch. Notes that double jeopardy prevents the man from being uh, retried for the same crime. Oh, double jeopardy. It's actually a good thing. I know, but he's a murderer. Huh? Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, double jeopardy just really means that you have to try all criminals properly the first time. Oh, true. Otherwise, like, because before they had that, people would get tried over and over and over again. Because the police just couldn't accept that it wasn't them. (laughs) What? (laughs) You know what I mean? That's so stupid. That would be, like, decades of, like, having to fucking go to trial for the same murder. So double jeopardy is a good thing, but also it means that these guys have a really serious job. It's a good thing, but it's a good thing for the murderer, I guess, the one that got away. Yeah, for the accused. That prevents a man being retried for the same crime, except in the event of a hung jury. So if a a jury can't all unanimously agree, she's winking because I said hung. (laughs) (laughs) Let me look at the jury real quick. It might be a hung jury (laughs) based on majority. It very well could be. But it has to be unanimous. They all have to be hung. (laughs) Okay, forget it. Okay, what is hung? What is a hung jury? Hung jury means that if in order for a jury's um, kind of decision to be final, they have to all agree. It has to be unanimous. Mm -hmm. So a hung jury is a jury that cannot agree. If that happens, stop smiling. (laughs) I'm having fun with my friends. That just means that the jury couldn't agree the trial has failed and they have to do it again. Oh. It's like a mistrial. Yeah. Okay. I, mm, yeah. Which sounds like a pain, but that's Will they change justice. juries? I think they do, yeah. Yeah, okay, because they just still won't agree. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it also kind of means the lawyers haven't sufficiently done their job or whatever. So, so those are the stakes here. Um, three, J.K. Simmons bitches about how the trial has already taken six days and they should have finished it in two. Bradley Cooper remarks that the business with the knife seemed like the phoniest story he'd ever heard. Phremiest? Phoniest. Oh. <laughs> like, as in fake. Oh, as in Holden Caulfield. Mm-hmm. Ten, yeah. so I think we've got Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Remarks that they should have expected that, considering uh, what they're dealing with. Oh. Yeah. We should have just cast Homer's dad as Juratin. <laughs> just <Yeah>. yelling. <laughs> uh, seven, Bradley Cooper lays it on the table for us. The Love boy it. bought the switch knife that night. And a then, what? Sorry? Uh, a switchblade. A boy. 
Yeah, about the boy, the, the accused. Oh, we don't know much about the accused yet. Yeah, I was like, learn a little bit I was like Tom Holland. So he, <laughs> no, um, so the accused bought the switch knife that night, mm-hmm. and then he lost it through a hole in his pocket. That's his excuse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Seven thinks the same. Oh. Uh, Bradley Cooper thinks the same. No, I get it though. Like it'd be really funny <laughs> if it, like he just left it open in his pocket and it slowly just whittled <laughs> its way out. Uh, well, maybe he has holes in his pocket because he's poor. But basically, he's saying the knife fell out of his pocket. He didn't have it. He's not the one who used it to stab his father. Oh, okay. So that's what he's accused of. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and the way you learn that is because Seven's like, he lost it through a hole in his pocket. And then Clint Eastwood says, a hole in his father. Oh, good one, Clint. Yeah. <laughs> so Bradley says he wants to get out of there as possible because um, he wants to see the latest Broadway hit. Oh, my God. The script says to insert any current popular Broadway show. He wants to see Hamilton. Yeah. He's got yeah, tickets. Exactly. He's got tickets. He won the lottery for him, and he's got to get be there to claim them. He's not going to be able to see it for another year if he doesn't get to it. Um, yeah. So they all sit down except Jura 8, Tom Hiddleston, who is still at the window. Just thinking. Just hiddling. <laughs> the foreman, Wallace Shawn, asks him to, ask, has to ask him a couple times to sit down. Before he's startled from his Tom Hiddle thoughts. Okay. Uh, and he joins them all at the table. Clint, 10, remarks that it's the element that the accused comes from that is to blame for the murder. Oh, no. They let their kids run wild, so he says. Oh, no. Stanley Tucci observes dryly that there are better proofs than any feelings uh, Clint Eastwood has about some group. <laughs> so he's like, let's look at the evidence rather than... Is the accused... Of African-American descent. It's never explicitly said, but there's implied, it's implied that he is, he, he's from slums. Mm-hmm. That's confirmed. And um, he's obviously not from and, the same element as And Andrews. Clint Eastwood so keeps making the film, He actually looked Italian, the kid they got. Ah, okay. Um, so I think it just could be whatever, you know, minority group currently. Who's currently getting blasted. <laughs> Ukraine. Incels. <laughs> oh, God. Ukraine. Both terrible things. <laughs> um, I mean... Don't worry about it. Yeah. B- b- yeah, if you made it today in the States, it would probably be, like, a black kid. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, a trans person or something. Yeah, true. Maybe, like, 12 angry people. Well, actually, when they recast it in modern times and they include women... Oh, that's good. ...as some of the characters, they'll, like, just swap out, you know, because it, it's pretty easy to do that. They call it... They title the play 12 Angry Jurors <laughs> instead of 12 Angry Men. That sounds like an Ally McBeal-like episode. <laughs> anyway, right. okay. Yeah. Back to it. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the others remind uh, remind them that it is hot and their tempers are short. So they're like, look, let's it's not, hot. Uh, We're let's weird not argue. Hot. J.K. Simmons, three, says that, the on- that their tempers being short only matters if they disagree. And since this case is open and shut, um, they should all be able to get it over with quickly. But it's obviously not open and shut. It's been six days. The foreman, Wallace Shawn, asks if they want to take the vote, take a vote or discuss the case first. They decide to take a vote now in the expectation of finishing up and being hmm. able to go home early. Oh, my God. I, you can't <laughs> rush justice. <laughs> all of the jurors vote guilty except one. <gasps> Who is it? Who do you think it might be? Okay. Um, I think it's number two or five, but maybe this, this, it's given me, oh, 
I think it's either Elijah Wood 2 or Boy Tom Holland 5. But what if it's trying to put me for a spin and it's going to be like Gary very old or something? <laughs> no, so it's, it's Tom Hiddleston. It's 8. Because he's our protagonist, right? Oh, I'm such a moron. <laughs> That's all right. You, there's a lot of jurors. Oh, you looked no. at the ones that you thought were like good I was people. like, <laughs> what is this personality quiz? <laughs> That's all good though. Um, so yeah, Tom Hiddleston abstains. He's like, I don't think so. Nice. J.K. Simmons, annoyed, asks Tom Hiddleston if he really believes the kid is not guilty. Tom responds that he doesn't know. Bradley Cooper scoffs after six days. He doesn't know. Hmm. Uh, J.K. Simmons is like, I never saw a guiltier man in my life. Mm. Uh, Tom Hiddleston asks him what a guilty man looks like. What are the facial characteristics of a killer? Yeah, a stone cold killer. Oh my God. If you guys see your teeny tiny footprints in the background, <laughs> the kittens are choosing this time to run around and bite we each really other's tail. We really time our episodes well, don't we? This has happened like the last three or four. <laughs> or maybe, listen, they're timing their play sessions around <laughs> us. <laughs> All right. I refuse to believe I have any part in this. <laughs> I have no responsibility. None whatsoever. Four, Stanley Tucci tries to reason with Tom Hiddleston and asks what makes him think the boy is innocent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Hiddleston responds that the boy is 19 years old. Okay, he's 19. That's how we learn he's 19. Uh, J.K. Simmons says that's old enough to knife your father. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jura four. Um, so Stanley Tucci tries to make peace between Tom Hiddleston and J.K. Simmons with the mm-hmm. observation that they should not use emotional arguments. Um, <laughs> J.K. Simmons threatens to go through all the ways the prosecution proved the boy's guilt. He's like, do you want me to go through all the ways they proved it? Oh my God. 10, Clint Eastwood. Asks if Tom Hiddleston believed the stupid story about losing the switchblade. <laughs> stupid story. <clears throat> to which uh, Tom Hiddleston replies that he doesn't know. He just feels that it's not so easy to send a boy off to die without talking about it. A 19-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I, I almost mm. forgot that it's a death penalty thing. And these guys who are uncomfortable and hot and just want to get out of there <laughs> yeah. are rushing through this just to be like, all right, just kill him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like a boy's life. So that's that's kind of Tom Hiddleston's position. He's like, I don't know if the kid did it. Like, yeah. his story does sound bullshit. I'm not 100% sure. Like, I'm not <laughs> confident that I can send this man off to his death. Exactly. And, you know, that brings up a whole thing about the death sentence. But that's another book. Yeah, they, I don't think they're like looking into that as no. much as they are. Just looking into the idea of reasonable doubt. Yeah. So if there is a scenario that could exist where the kid didn't do it, then they can't send him off to die, basically. I think is eight's position, anyway. Mm-hmm. The others get a bit defensive at this, especially Bradley especially. Cooper. Especially Bradley Cooper, who voted the fastest because he wants to go see Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, eight, Tom Hiddleston, explains yeah. that the boy's been kicked around his whole life. His mother died when he was nine. Aww. He lives in a slum. Maybe we can give him the justice in this room that he's never had in his life up to now. Maybe they owe him a few words, he says. Aww. Four is like... Whatever. No, it's wait, hard for everyone. I didn't yeah. start off rich. I earned it. I worked my way through college, but I never killed anyone. Like, wow. there are people who've had it tough and they've never killed anyone. Um, Twelve, who's the other rich, flashy guy, Don Draper... Is like, I was kicked around too. <laughs> and I think we all know that that's not on the same level, probably. Yeah, what's going on here. Not. But And then 11, so Tony Shalhoub remarks that in his country, in Europe, kicking was a science. <laughs> As in kicking other people around. But let's try <laughs> to find a better reason than that to convict, he says. 
Ten thinks the trial was more sympathy than the boy deserved. And he's like, I've lived among his type all my life. You can't believe a word they say. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's pretty blatant. This is very, yeah, this is just Gran Torino. What are we talking about? <laughs> um, yeah. Twelve so, angry Torinos. Nine says that's a horrible thing for a man to believe. Nine, Gary, very old yeah. man. Good for him. Since when was dishonesty a group trait, he says. Mm-hmm. Stanley Tucci, four, tells everybody off and says they ought to be behaving like gentlemen. Just then, Tony Shalhoub, juror 11, gets up to close the window because the wind is blowing on his neck. Which then starts an argument with him and Bradley Cooper, who wants the window <laughs> open. Four, uh, Stanley Tucci is like, why don't you trade chairs? And the foreman <laughs> tries to get everybody back to focusing on the case. So while Sean's trying to corral everyone. Oh my god. Twelve annoying men, actually. <laughs> so John Hamm proposes that everyone go around the table and give their reasons that the accused is guilty to try to prove to Tom Hiddleston that we're right and he's wrong. Okay, let's do it. You know, like a writer's room. <laughs> yeah, it's a writer's <laughs> room. But the episode is mm. someone dying. Uh, so Wallace Shawn and, and Stanley Tucci, who's really in charge, agree. <laughs> and two starts off by Timberly saying that it's obvious the boy is guilty. So this is Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. What's his reason? Tom Hiddleston presses him and Elijah Wood um, eventually admits it's just because nobody proved otherwise. Okay. Tom Hiddleston reminds... Uh, Elijah Wood, that the Fifth Amendment enshrines the right to be considered innocent until proven guilty, not the other way around. Yeah, it's like guilty because he can't be proven innocent. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Two, uh, Elijah Wood is flush- flustered, but still says he thinks the accused is guilty. J.K. Simmons, three, takes over and summarizes the so-called facts of the case. Here we go. So this is a quote. Number one, let's take the old man who lived on the second floor right underneath the room where the murder took place. On the night of the killing, he heard loud noises in the upstairs apartment. He said it sounded like a fight. Then he heard the kid say to his father, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) That is damning evidence. A second later, he heard the body falling and he ran to the door of his apartment, looked out and saw the kid running down the stairs and out of the house. Out of the uh, out of the building. Mm -hmm. Then he called the police. They found the father with a knife in his chest. And Wallace Shawn, the foreman, says, and the coroner fixed the time of death at around midnight. Mm. You know what? This is how I'm going to get convicted of murder. Because I casually say, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> to, like, every yeah. person. And one of these days, I'm going to get, like, John Mulaney gets pulled up in court. It's like, <laughs> at, the um, time. at the time. That's, that, that's how I go mm. to jail. So Tom Middleton doesn't have a good answer to this. He, he just says it doesn't seem to fit. Mm-hmm. Or Stanley Tucci calls into question the boy's alibi. Uh, which he thinks fits even less. What's uh, his alibi? He said he was at the movies, but he didn't have a ticket stub and he couldn't remember what movie he saw. Yeah, that is, that's not good at Eight all. Eight is like, who keeps a ticket stub from the movies? <laughs> which is a good point. And four acknowledges that that's a good point. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Five, so Tom Holland, remarks that the cashier didn't remember him. Mm. And then J.K. Simmons adds that the ticket taker didn't remember him either. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Uh, Clint Eastwood, number 10, cuts in and brings up the woman next door who saw the murder. So a woman next door says she saw the murder. The foreman tries to regain order. (laughs) Wallace Shawn wants them all to speak in turns, but Clint Eastwood barrels on. He's like, just a minute. Here's a woman who's lying in bed and can't sleep. It's hot, you know. Anyway, she wakes up and she looks out the window and right across the street, she sees the kid stick the knife into his father. (laughs) Stick them and just like... (laughs) 
8 asks, so Tom Hiddleston asks how she can be so sure of what she saw since she saw it through the windows of a passing elevated train in between the apartments. Oh, yeah. Uh, Clint Eastwood replies that she's known the kid all his life. His window is the one right opposite hers across the L tracks and she swore to it. Tom Hiddleston is like, I thought you couldn't believe anything those people said. She's mm. obviously one of those people. Oh, ho, ho. Uh, and Clint Eastwood doesn't like that. But then he also brings up that during the trial, the prosecution proved you can see through the windows of a passing L train at night. Mm. Uh, Four concurs, remarking that the prosecution actually took all the jurors to the location and demonstrated that fact during the trial. That's pretty cool. Um, man, I feel so bad for that kid because it sounds like he just has like a public defender. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like, exactly. and look at all this evidence just stacked against him. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's fun that you say that now because it they go into it really deep as they go, like they they pull oh. it apart. I love that. I didn't mm. know this was a crime. <laughs> it's it's about a jury. <laughs> yeah, but I thought they'd just be like jurying about. <laughs> all right, you ready? Wait, what do I think a jury does anyway? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> Kicks people off the voice. Oh. Yeah. Eurovision. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So they they were taken to the scene of the crime, and it was demonstrated to them by the prosecution. They could see through the windows of the passing L train at night. Uh, Tom Hiddleston remarks that he couldn't see through the windows as well as the prosecution told him he'd be able to, but he did see what happened on the other side. Okay. Ten things. So Clint Eastwood thinks that settles things. <laughs> well, Sean, the foreman, turns to juror five, Tom Hiddleston, and says it's his turn. Five passes his turn. He doesn't want to Five speak. is Tom Holland. Yeah, and he says, oh, I yeah. don't want to speak. Oh, he's a, that's not fair. You should speak. <clears throat> he just passes. I'll kill him. Uh, Tom Hanks, number six, slowly says that, she, that he isn't sure, but nice. that he started to be convinced with the testimony of the people from across the hall. These people had mentioned an argument between the father and son at seven, seven o'clock that night, but he admits that he might be wrong in his recollection of that. Uh, 11, Tony Shalhoub corrects him and says that it was actually 8pm they heard that. And okay. Tom Hiddleston agrees. Stanley Tucci, number four, adds that they heard the father hit the boy twice and that uh, and then saw the boy angrily walk out the door. So this is at 8. Yeah, to buy the knife that gets lost. <clears throat> Tom Hiddleston asks what that proves and Six says, well, nothing really. It just adds to the picture. When it's his turn, Bradley Cooper says that it's mostly been said already and that they can talk all day, but he thinks they're wasting their time. And Hamilton. And, and his time. <laughs> yes. Tom Hiddleston says he doesn't think we're wasting our time. And Stanley Tucci, number four, agrees and demands that Seven continue. So under duress, um, Seven, Bradley Cooper, mm -hmm. tells them to look at the kid's criminal record. Oh, he stole a car, he's been arrested for mugging, he stabbed somebody in the arm, and was picked up for knife fighting once and sent to reform school for, for stabbing someone. That's so many evidences. Well, it's not evidence, though, is it? Is it not? Not really. Oh, yeah, no, not evidence. It's, like, circumstantial? Yeah, well, it's just, it like, no? his character. Like, it, it's, it's his criminal record. It yeah. shows that he's done things before. Just because he's done things before doesn't mean he did it this time. Although it might make people think he'd be likely to do it again, you know? Oh, that's why a lot of the time they won't let you use like past cases in evidence for new cases. I think for that reason, because it colors people's juries' opinions. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it'd be yeah. If someone mm. said that, is that not like objection relevance? <laughs> yeah, that, I think so. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. But but you know it's the fifties, so that's included in the trial. I guess it's a matter of public record as well. Yeah. 
So Tom Hiddleston retorts that the kid's father had beaten him um, ever since he was eight years old using his fists. Oh, my God. Um, and then Bradley Cooper says he'd beat up a kid like that, too. <laughs> I want to go to Hamilton. <laughs> I want to go see Hamilton. Uh, this sets J.K. Simmons off on a rant about the kids today. <laughs> yeah. He, With their he... low pants and their TikToks <laughs> and their, <laughs> their hip-hops. Yeah. <laughs> they're their low-rise jeans, those fuckers. <laughs> Bringing low-rise jeans, jeans back. back. Oh, Assholes. Honestly, though. Um, Man, what's the rant about? Uh, well, it's about the kids today being like being the worst, but he mentions his own kid in the rant who ran away from a fight when he was eight years old. And then J.K. Simmons says, I was so ashamed, and he'd told his child that he'd make a man out of him or bust him into pieces trying. Ew. Then he says, when the boy was 15, he punched J.K. Simmons in the face. <laughs> and Good. we can appreciate that. Good. As the joke that it is. <laughs> Um, but J.K. Simmons doesn't. And he says he's the kid's lot, like big now. He's a grown-up, I guess, yeah. 15 or something. Um, no, when the boy was 15, he punched yeah. him in the face. So, so it's been a while since then. And then he hasn't seen him in three years. <laughs> and then rotten kid, says J.K. Simmons. So we're getting a window into his prejudices, maybe, a little bit. Bad fathering? <laughs> yeah, doesn't like kids. He doesn't like kids, doesn't like his kids. <laughs> And he projects that onto other kids. He's like, that's a kid. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Stanley Tucci says, we're missing the point here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh. You know um, what I imagine? Wallace Shawn about to say these things and like his mouth <laughs> opens and Stanley Tucci just goes, we're missing the point here. So <laughs> I love that. Oh, poor Wallace Shawn. Poor Wallace. Uh, so he's like, we all know slum conditions produce criminals. He's like, we all know that that's a thing, a real thing that happens. And then at this, Five finally speaks up and he says, I've lived in a slum all my life. So he's like taking it personally. Mm. He says, I used to play in a backyard that was filled with garbage. Maybe it still smells on me. I used to dance in the streets. <laughs> I used to click. <laughs> I loved a Puerto Rican girl. He <laughs> <laughs> sad dreams. <laughs> Oh. oh. Um, so, <laughs> is this Spielberg? Is this a West Side Story? <laughs> yeah, Five is like, I used to live in the slums. Wallace Shawn tries to placate him, uh, the foreman, saying, let's be reasonable. It's not personal. And Five interrupts and says, actually, it is personal. <laughs> actually, it is. J.K. Simmons tells him not to be so sensitive. Four <laughs> wasn't talking about him. And then Eight's like, well, who was he talking about? Yeah. Um. So that was Tom Hiddleston saying. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. I'm looking at the cast list right in front Yeah, of but I'm doing it for the the listeners in case they don't have the a cast what? list in front of them. You're Some... doing it for who? <laughs> There's <laughs> no listen. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just for Alana. <laughs> and she should know well enough to have a cast list in front of her right now. This is just for <laughs> us three. And you Love know it. it. <laughs> It's personal. Yes, it is personal. And then Tony Shalhoub, 11, says he can understand Five's sensitivity. So he mm. can understand Tom Holland's sensitivity. And then Wallace Shawn tells everyone to stop bickering. <laughs> Guys. Finally, it's Tom Hiddleston's turn. <gasps> Here we go. He begins by saying that he doesn't like how many questions the defense counsel left unasked or unanswered. So I think you're right there about like the shitty public defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanley Tucci agrees that the defense was bad, but it doesn't. he doesn't think it matters to the boy's guilt. Oh, well. And but then Tom, uh, Tom Hiddleston, oh my god, all these white men. Um, <laughs> Twelve angry white men. <laughs> uh, Tom Hiddleston says so many questions were never answered. 
by the defense. Yeah. J.K. Simmons is like, what about the questions that were answered? And he brings up the switch knife that the boy admitted to buying. Uh, Tom Hiddleston's like, all right, let's get it in here and look at it. Mm-hmm. Nice. The foreman stands up and goes to talk to the guard, presumably to get the knife sent in. Oh, my God. JK Someone's going to stab someone. <laughs> J.K. Simmons scoffs. He's like, we all know what it looks like. He's like, why do we need to bring that back in here? Stanley Tucci, though, he backs uh, Tom Hiddleston's call and brings up uh, the series of events as they relate to the switch. An unfortunate one? Potentially. The boy went out of the house and bought an unusual switchblade, only, the only one the storekeeper says he had in stock. So it's like, it's identifiable. It's unique. Yeah, it's like a gremlin brand one. <laughs> yeah. Like in, did you ever watch Uncut Gems? No. Well... There's a scene that just I just think of, and it's like this big, you know, this big bling things that people wear. It's like, mm, it, like it was that, but it was a big gremlin. <laughs> oh. It was like mo- not even a gremlin. Like, what are they when they're still cute? Little yeah, mogwai. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen. Them. But anyway, that's all I can think of. Okay. So that's what the switchblade is. It's got like a diamond encrusted <laughs> gremlin shaped handle. <laughs> Love it. Okay, gremlin shaped. It's hard to hold. <laughs> it's hard to hold. That's why it's hard to kill someone with it. Yeah, that's what makes it such a difficult. Case. I know that's how it <laughs> fell out of the box. It dug a... itself up. <laughs> Should we write a courtroom drama? <laughs> Twelve angry gremlins. <laughs> Juror three, who is J.K. Simmons, mm-hmm. tells everyone to listen to Stanley Tucci. He's like, he knows what he's talking about. He knows knives. Mm. The murder weapon was found at the scene without any fingerprints on it. The boy claims, however, that the knife must have fallen through a hole in his pocket while he was out because he never saw it again. Oh, my gremlin knife. <laughs> Uh, Stanley Tucci says that what actually happened was that the boy stabbed his father with the knife and then remembered to wipe his fingerprints. Mm. So the knife is brought in and we see that it is weird. Please describe it. How it's described. <laughs> it's got a big gremlin book. on it. No, it's, <laughs> it's pretty fucking weird. But is there actually a description? No, in, there isn't. Oh, no. it's just like. You're up, supposed to find. Yeah. What up to you. Find? find a weird knife. Yeah. All right. Find a weird knife for your play. <laughs> I love that book. <laughs> How to fight a weird knife for your play and other Shakespeare tricks. <laughs> what? It's like a how-to. Okay. Stanley Tucci asks Tom Hiddleston if he thinks someone picked the knife up off the street and went to stab the father with it on a whim. Yeah, that sounds about right. It says no, but it's possible that the boy lost it and someone stabbed his father with a similar knife. Okay. Four flips open the knife. So Stanley Tucci flips open the knife oh, and nice. jams just... it into the wall. Oh, I thought he was going to do a bunch of tricks with it. <laughs> no, he does like a strong alpha male move. Okay. Yeah, so now the knife is jammed into the wall, which seems like destroying evidence. But It's the sure. 50s. It's okay. Yeah. But everyone's very impressed by that. He says, take a look at that knife. Look how weird it is. I've never <laughs> seen one like it before. It's got a gremlin on it. <laughs> Look at this knife. <laughs> Isn't it neat? Oh, wait, no, we're going to get sued. <laughs> Alana, auto-tune that. <laughs> I've never seen one like it before. Neither had the shopkeeper who sold it to the boy. That Ooh. would be an incredible coincidence. Are you trying to get us to accept such a coincidence as fact, Tom Hiddleston? And Tom's like, I'm trying to get any. I'm not trying to get anyone to accept anything. I just think it could be possible. J.K. Simmons says it's not possible. At this, Tom Hiddleston withdraws something from his pocket and jams it into the wall. Oh, another knife! It a is. Gremlins 2 knife! It is! It has a girl on it! It's <laughs> identical so to the first. There is a, a long silence. Gremlins 2 knife! <laughs> Fuck yeah, they're in New York! 
There is a long silence. A few of the, I don't know if they are in New York necessarily. No, I just Gremlins Two is in New York. Oh, I see. Oh, <laughs> please thought, learn your Gremlins Two lore. I thought you were talking about our Angry Men. No. Why would I? Why change now? Because that's what we're meant to be doing. <laughs> um. All right. Okay. So, pulls out the two knife. knives in the wall. There's a long silence. Two a knives, few... twelve guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Shut the fuck. I know. I'm sorry. A few uh, of them shout objections in shock. Four, Stanley Tucci asks where he got it. Tom Hiddleston replies, in a little junk shop around the corner from the boy's house. It was $2. Which seems like not a lot, but it is the 50s. So it was probably a moderate amount. Yeah, like a like a 20. Yeah, like a, yeah. Anyway. N- nothing too flashy, but, you know, still an amount of money. <laughs> it's not stainless steel, but it's like... It's in the, but it's know. gremlins. Yeah. J.K. Simmons doesn't reckon this changes anything. It changes Tom so Tom Hiddleston much. says it means the boy may not have lied about losing his knife. He might have gone to the movies even. Maybe the reason the cashier didn't see him was that he snuck in and was too ashamed to say so to the police. Oh. Uh, he asked the room if there was anyone here who had never snuck into the movies as a kid, and there's a long silence. Although Eleven pipes up, Tony Shalhoub says that he never snuck into the movies. I've never seen a movie in my life. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, Stanley Tucci's like, not even once. <laughs> and Tony Shalhoub's like, we didn't have movies. We didn't have movies. <laughs> I'm busy. Bradley Cooper's getting frustrated. It's hot, remember? Hamilton. Yeah. He asks Tom Hiddleston if he wants to hang the jury, um, which means, you know, to just not get a verdict. Mm. Um, he says they run the risk of being here all night. Tom Hiddleston says it's just one night and a man may die. Mm. And Stanley Tucci accuses... Tom Hiddleston, he says, it's obvious you think the boy is innocent. Um, Tom Hiddleston replies that he merely has a reasonable doubt of his guilt. Ooh. Four demands that eight give them something to explain his doubt. So he's like, you gotta, you gotta lay it out for us. Why? What a nine, ten, eleven, twelve still have to talk. <laughs> really? Yeah, because we've only gotten to Tom Hiddleston's thing. They're going around. That's so, a good point, actually. Yeah, so they're, I guess it's Well, fun. here's something that happens next. Here, but it, it says he can't, so Tom Hiddleston says he can't give them something to explain his doubt, but he does have a proposition to make. Ooh. They'll take another vote. This time, it'll be a silent ballot. So now that the two knives are out, we're going to take another vote, a silent ballot, and Tom Hiddleston isn't going to vote this time. Ooh. If there are 11 votes for guilty, he won't stand alone against them, and he'll go along with the guilty verdict they want. They all agree and do it. Oh my god. When the foreman finishes counting the votes, all is Sean. There are 10 votes for guilty and one for not guilty. Oh. <laughs> I knew the plot thickens. And then there were more. <laughs> <laughs> Three. J.K. Simmons slams his fist on the table in frustration. And the curtain falls for the end of Act 1. <gasps> oh, that's a good one. Mm. All right, join so you us can tell he writes for TV though, can't you? Because it's like cliffhanger ending. Yeah. Dun, dun. Commercial. Yeah. No, no, no. When the curtain rises, at the beginning of Act 2, no time has passed. Uh, J.K. Simmons is demanding to know who voted not guilty. Tony Shalhoub protests. He says the point was for it to be a secret ballot and it's getting chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eleven, Tony, Tony Shalhoub, says the reason he came to this country was because of a man's right to have unpopular opinions. The right to disagree. And J.K. Simmons starts arguing with him. And then Stanley Tucci tries to bring them back around to the subject. Oh, my God. Uh, Bradley Cooper asks Tom Holland why he changed his vote. Oh. And then Tom Holland asks 
Bradley Cooper why he thinks it was him who changed his vote. Yeah, why why me? I'm a boy. And Bradley's like, I just do. I just know. And then Gary Oldman. The old man. The very old man. Gary, very old man. Steps in and says he was actually the one who changed his vote. Wow. So, Gary Oldman explains that he was moved by Tom Hiddleston's courage to stand against the others. He gambled for support and... And so Gary, very Oldman, gave it to him. And he wants to hear more. Fuck yeah. So the vote now stands 10 to 2. The guard comes back and retrieves the switch knife. The He's switch like, knife. why is it in the... Why is there two of them? <laughs> you guys, this isn't allowed. <laughs> <laughs> we have to throw out the whole case now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and we've got to pay for this damage to the wall. <laughs> you think we couldn't afford an air conditioner before? Oh, my God. Stanley Tucci and uh, Elijah Wood chat apart from the others at the mm. water cooler. Stanley Tucci remarks, filling his cup with water, that if there were anything in the kid's favour, he'd vote not guilty. Elijah Wood agrees that the kid is clearly guilty. Okay. Although for, so Stanley Tucci muses on what guilty beyond a reasonable doubt really means. What do it mean, though, Mm -hmm. Stanley? Yeah. And he points out that two men believe there is a reason for doubt, and he wonders why. Stanley Tucci and Elijah Wood reflect that sometimes a guilty man is released and sometimes an innocent man is accused. J.K. Simmons apologizes to Tom Holland, saying that he didn't mean anything personal by his accusation, which is weird because I think Seven accused him of changing his Yeah. Book. So I'm confused about that. Well, you wrote um, but maybe, it. But maybe J.K. Simmons got in on it, on, on accusing Tom Holland. Anyway, forget that. Whatever. Uh, Bradley Cooper <laughs> asks Tom Middleston who killed the father if the kid was not the murderer. He wonders who else could have had a motive. Everyone, apparently, seems like the guy was an asshole. Yeah, well, that's basically what Tom Middleton says. He says the man was old, perhaps someone with an old grudge. Uh, Gary Oldman explains or says it's not easy to explain his doubt and that it's only a feeling he has. Hmm. Clint Eastwood complains they're going to spend the night talking about feelings instead of facts. J.K. Simmons brings up the old man again who heard the kid yell, I'm going to kill you, and then saw... The kid I'm killing you. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you, and then immediately following through. <laughs> um, well, he didn't see anything. Remember, the old man just heard, uh, and he thought he's and he and he said he saw the kid running down the stairs. John Ham, Don Draper, as juror number twelve, brings <laughs> up <laughs> the woman across the street who says she saw the murder occur. Um, and then J.K. Simmons says this should be enough to convict, but Tom Hiddleston disagrees. Stanley Tucci remarks that the woman across the street remembers insignificant details in her testimony, like the fact that she saw the murder through the last two cars of the L train going past. J.K. Simmons starts a game of tic-tac-toe, which Tom Hiddleston takes issue to and snatches away. <laughs> he says a man's life is at stake here. I Have know. Have respect. Um, J.K. Simmons is gunning for a fight, but Bradley Cooper calms him down and Wallace uh, Shaw forbids them from fighting. Hey, guys. Tom Hilton asks the other jurors how long they think it takes an elevated train to pass a given point. Mm. Tom Holland guesses 10 or 12 seconds, and Elijah Wood agrees. Tom Hiddleston asks if anyone in the jury room has ever lived near elevated train tracks. Tom Hiddleston said... Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> Tom Holland. It's not my fault. Boy. They sound the same. <laughs> They look the same. <laughs> All these men do, yeah. <laughs> Tom Holland says he has lived near elevated train tracks. Of course he is. You got a problem with it? <laughs> yeah. 
He's from Queens. Smoking his tiny little pipe. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So Tom Holland says he did and acknowledged that the sound as a train passes is incredibly loud. Yeah. That's important. And then Tom Hiddleston points out that the old man swore he heard the kids scream and the body fall. Uh, and the woman across the street saw the murder through the final two cars of the elevated train. Therefore, the train had been passing for at least six seconds when the old man might have heard the noises upstairs. Interesting. Uh, so Tom Hiddleston says it's not possible that the old man could have heard what he claims to have heard. Elijah Wood agrees. And then J.K. Simmons asks whether they are calling the old man a liar. Yeah. Says, why would the old man lie? Oh, he killed the dad. Then he was in like an energy <laughs> face, like those Charlie's Angels masks. <laughs> okay. So, so Gary, very old man, takes a chance to respond to this. So mm. why would the old man lie? Gary Oldman says maybe the old man wanted attention. He had a torn jacket and carried two canes in the courtroom. <laughs> what? Um, Gary Oldman says he thinks he understands the old man better than anyone else here. Remember, he's Gary, very, very old, old man. man. He also has two canes, I guess. <laughs> he says this is a quiet, frightened, insignificant man who has been nothing all his life, who has never had recognition, his name in the newspapers. Nobody knows him after 75 years. This is a very sad thing. A man like this needs to be recognized, to be questioned and listened to and quoted just once. He wouldn't really lie, but perhaps he'd make himself believe that he heard those words and recognized the boy's face. Yeah. So J.K. Simmons doesn't buy it immediately. He's like, you're admitting you're a liar, but that doesn't make it true of the old man. <laughs> like you're saying you would do something like this because you understand him. Um, you don't know him. You don't yeah, know. You, yeah. But you don't. Yeah. It doesn't make it true of the old man. Not um, all Tom old men. <laughs> yes. Tom Hiddleston steps in to defend Gary Very Oldman. Tom Hiddleston says, even if the old man did hear the boy say, I'm going to kill you, it doesn't follow that he intended to do it or actually followed through. It doesn't make sense for a bright boy like him to broadcast his murderous intent to a whole neighborhood. I'm going to kill you. Scene. Clint Eastwood takes issue with Ape calling the boy bright. He says he's a common ignorant slob. He don't even speak good English. Oh my God. Tony Shalhoub says he doesn't even speak good english oh what so he corrects oh he corrects. I was <laughs> like saying he don't even speak good english oh my god they're being cheeky it's a bit ironic don't you think uh at this point tom holland says he would like to change his vote to not guilty Ooh. three so jk simmons slams his fist into his hand twice give me my tic-tac-toe <laughs> he says maybe the old man didn't lie but maybe he did maybe he didn't like the kid this is five. This is five. Talking. Yeah. This is Tom Holland talking. Um, Bradley Cooper says Tom Hiddleston should write for Detective Monthly as he'd make a fortune with his fairy stories. He asks why the kid's lawyer didn't bring up these points. And Tom Holland says lawyers can't think of everything. Bradley Cooper, exasperated, asks whether because of eight they are supposed to believe the old man didn't get up and run to the door and see the kid running down the stairs 15 seconds after the murder. Yes. Tom Holland asks if the old man said he ran to the door. Stanley Tucci says the old man said only that he went to the door. Yeah. Okay, so... Shut up, train. You see any murders? That's me, it's the old man. <laughs> Shut up, train. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, so he only went to the door. Tom Hiddleston asks the jurors where the old man's bedroom was in his apartment because he doesn't remember. Clint Eastwood said he thought ate um, Tom Hiddleston. Remembered everything. <laughs> uh, 
While as Sean, the foreman, requests the floor plan of the apartments from the guard at the door. Perfect. Mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons, number three, asks, why is it that Tom Hiddleston, number eight, is the one who always wants to see the exhibits from the trial? Because <laughs> he wants to make sure you're sending <laughs> someone off to die. <laughs> Tom Holland and Gary Oldman quickly add that they want to see the exhibit as well. Nice. Tom Hiddleston wonders whether the old man who has had two strokes in the past three years and who uses a pair of canes to walk <laughs> could get to the door in the 15 seconds that he said it took him to uh, to do so. Oh my god, Tom Hiddleston should have been the lawyer. What he the should fuck? <laughs> um, and then Gary, very oldman, reminds them that the old man was very positive about the length of time. He swore to it, 15 seconds. And here, J.K. Simmons says that the witness is an old man, and half the time he was confused, so how could he be positive about anything? Yeah. As he speaks, he quickly realizes his error. And he looks around sheepishly. Oh, yeah. And he's like, sorry, Larry. <laughs> I mean. Um, I've put us in it now. <laughs> <laughs> they look at the floor plan and figure out how far the old man would have had to travel in 15 seconds. Uh, Tony Shalhoub notes that the old man could only walk very slowly, that people had to help him into the witness chair. Eight sets up two chairs on one side of the room to make a bed. So this is Tom Hiddleston. I love this. He wants to recreate the man's walk. J.K. Simmons, number three, thinks it's stupid, but everyone else seems to be willing to go along with it. So Tom Hiddleston slowly starts getting out of the bed and crossing the room, mimicking the movements of the old man. <laughs> he gets heckled that he should be faster, and he slightly speeds up. None of them can agree on whether he's moving or s- slower or faster than the old man in the courtroom, but it takes him 39 seconds to cross. And Stanley Tucci remarks that he thinks this is quite interesting. Mm. Um, because Wallace, uh, Sean, and Stanley Tucci eventually agree that even allowing a significant difference in um, Tom Hiddleston and the old man's speed, it's still quite a discrepancy. Yeah. 15 seconds is if you run. It's like a, like the difference that makes when you're literally walking across a room is huge. It's huge. Like, that's a run, you know, mm. and he can't run. Yeah. Oh, ho, ho, ho. So Tom Hiddleston says it's his guess. Uh, that the old man was trying to get to the door, heard someone in the hallway, and assumed it was the boy. So he didn't actually get to the hallway. He didn't see him. He just heard. Oh, yeah. He heard them. I'm going to kill you. <clears throat> then heard. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, and, he's and like, I, I saw, saw him. him. Yeah. And then Tom Hiddle. No. Fuck. There's so many Toms. Tom Hanks agrees. Oh, he hasn't spoken in a while. I know. Well, he's very quiet. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, he agrees that he thinks it's possible. That's like a plausible story. J.K. Simmons is infuriated. He accuses Tom Hiddleston of making up wild stories and that the others are soft-hearted old ladies for listening to him. Okay. He says, the kid has got to burn. We're letting him slip through our fingers, he says. Burn? That's not even how they're going to kill him. I mean, I guess electric chair. Oh, electric chair, chair, yeah. (laughs) That's nice. It's nice to think about. Um, How is that allowed? We're letting him slip through our fingers, he says. Tom Hiddleston mildly asks J.K. Simmons if he's the executioner. <laughs> uh, J.K. Hot- hotly responds, I'm one of them. <laughs> and Tom asks if he'd like to pull the switch. Tom Hiddleston, I should mm. say, because we do have three Tom. Three Toms, Which all with H last names. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, J.K. Simmons agrees. He's like, yeah, I would like to flip the switch. And then Tom Hiddleston says, I'm sorry for you. Yeah. Which is very. That was a great burn, like back in middle school. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh. Because what do you sorry. say to that? Thanks. Like, you're like, you're. Woke. I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you. And it's just like. 
<laughs> what do I say to that? Something. Anyway, so he says that. Um, he also calls him a sadist. And then JK yells at him to shut up and lunges for Tom Hiddleston. Nice. As the others catch him and hold him back, he screams, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> It's good, isn't it? This it feels is good. Amazing. <laughs> it's quite good. It's amazing. Oh, I love it. I'm gonna kill you. I think it actually says I'll kill him. But anyway, to this Tom Hiddleston replies softly, you don't really mean you're gonna kill me, do you? And mm-hmm. this is when the curtain falls. Mm-hmm. He was the end him. <laughs> yeah. He was but a puppet on his street. <laughs> he was but a puppet. <laughs> Alright, you ready for act three? Yes. So, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy you're having fun. This is so good. No time has passed. The guard pokes his head in to check uh, <laughs> and see if anything's wrong. He, he heard someone yelling, Say, I'm going to kill, kill you. <laughs> Took him 15 seconds. Much like the old man. Yes, he went to see what was going on. <laughs> you hear that and you just kind of want to see. <laughs> so they're like, no, it's fine. The foreman gives the guard the diagram back. Everyone takes their seats again. <laughs> Uh, Stanley Tucci remarks that he doesn't see why we have to behave like children here. Boys. <laughs> uh, Tony Shalhoub agrees. He says they have a responsibility to uphold the democracy that they all value so much. And Nine actually thanks him for reminding them. Oh. Um, of their, it's like of their privilege to live in like a country with robust systems of justice. Or so they thought. Yeah, yeah. There's always room for bootlicking us in there. <laughs> JK calls for an open ballot, another one, and everyone agrees. Do you want to you want to hear what the what the what the state of the game is? Of course, I fucking do. I love sports. <laughs> okay, so we've got Elijah Wood, Tom Holland, Tom Hanks, Tom Hiddleston, Gary Barry Oldman, and Tony Shalhoub all vote not guilty. <gasps> it's six to six. Six to six. Uh, very, tight game, very tight game. Very tight game. Yeah. It's a nail biter. <laughs> Half time. What are other sports terms? Three pointer. Three pointer. That's a good one. <laughs> Touchdown. Yes. So it's six to six. Clint Eastwood is mad. He says the real crime is being committed in this very room. Uh, and then J.K. Simmons says he's ready to walk out right now and declare a hung jury. However, Stanley Tucci wants to keep going. Mm. Uh, he's loving this. He asks the three of them who changed their votes. Oh, yeah. 11, yeah. 2, and 6. So, um, Tony, Shalhoub, uh, Elijah Frodo Baggins, yep, and um, <laughs> Tom Hanks. <laughs> Why do they change their mind? Dreamcast. So, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci wants to know why they changed their minds. Tom Hanks said it was the new information about the old man's story, the fact that he couldn't have moved um, that quickly. He thinks that it's possible the old man dreamed that he heard, I'm going to kill you. Um, and if the kid did scream it, Tom Hanks says, we have the authority of this man here, pointing at J.K. Simmons, <laughs> to prove that it might not really mean he's going to kill. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. So three wants to call a hung jury again, J.K. Um, but, <laughs> but Tom Hiddleston refuses. Stanley Tucci doesn't see a reasonable doubt yet, but he's interested. He's having fun and he wants to keep talking he about it. He loves it. He's loving it. Uh, this is his and he's like, I've written here, he is eight's white whale. So it's like if if Tom Hiddleston can change Stanley Tucci's mind, he's basically one, right? 
Like three is if if Tom Hiddleston's the hero, number eight, then like three and four are his villains, I guess. Well, four isn't a villain; it's like a <laughs> foil or something. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, it's like the two the. Oh, the antagonist is J.K. Simmons. Yeah. So Stanley Tucci. Yeah. I guess, like, the person that um, that Tom Hiddleston has to beat is J.K. Simmons. The person he has to convince is is Stanley Tucci. So they take a vote to determine whether or not they're a hung jury by a simple majority. So they're like, we'll vote to vote. We'll vote to vote. Once again, it's an even split. Six versus six. Oh, my God. They are hung hung jury about whether or not they're They're a hung hung jury. Um, but at this, Stanley Tucci decides to change his vote on whether or not they are a hung jury, and then the no's happened. Nice. So he wants to find out more about why the others changed their minds. Stanley Tucci asks Elijah Wood why he changed his mind. Elijah Wood says that Tom Hiddleston seemed confident and made good arguments, while J.K. Simmons merely grew angry and mean in response. So he's, <laughs> he's like, one of you convinced me and the other one didn't. Yeah, he's judging it, not even based on the, <laughs> the facts. facts. No, he's, he's like, based like, on the... It's like people voting for president. It's just yeah. like, who do we like more? Who do we like more? <laughs> Who's gonna go on TikTok more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stanley Tucci says these considerations don't change the guilt of the boy. Okay. What we said. Stanley Tucci says he doesn't think there's a reasonable doubt. He says that the track of the train ran straight in front of the building and that trains are loudest when they're going around curves. Therefore, the old man might have heard a high-pitched scream over the racket of the train. Stanley Tucci also asks, what if the old man was wrong about how long it took him to get to the door, but right about seeing the kid running down the stairs? Mm, so that's boy. a possible thing he points out that the absence of the fingerprints on the night must mean that the killer took time to wipe the fingerprints away mm. the timing about 15 seconds could be the only wrong part of the story so it could have taken longer for the murder to happen and also for the old man to get to the tour but it could have still kind of happened at the same time yeah is what he's saying okay so wallace sean the foreman says that they reconstructed the old man's movements and timed them so maybe they should also reconstruct like the timeline of the crime oh Volunteer Tom Hiddleston <laughs> to stab J.K. Simmons. <laughs> uh, J.K. Simmons hands the knife to Tom Hiddleston and says, you should do the stabbing. But then Stanley Tucci says, no, I'll do the stabbing. <laughs> Stanley Tucci's he like... He just stabbed a wall, he's going to stab someone else. Yeah, whatever, I know. He's he like, wants. it's my stab turn. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stanley Tucci mentions the victim was found on his right side and instructs... Uh, so it ends up being Bradley Cooper, perfect seven, right. who is getting stabbed. So perfect. he instructs. He loves Bradley that. He's Cooper like, I could same. have been in Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I would like to die. Stanley Tucci asks Tom, asks Tom Hiddleston if it's reasonable to look at someone for a moment or two to, before you kill them, and Tom Hiddleston is like, sure, why not? J.K. Simmons claims that stabbing someone isn't is. Uh, isn't like shooting them. It's possible that the father was not killed instantly, but writhed on the floor for a bit before the kid ran out, right? Perfect. So they are extending the timeline of the murder so that it matches up. To the old guy. To the old guys. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so he might have writhed on the floor for a moment. Then they established that it would take him time after killing to wipe off the fingerprints from the knife Mm -hmm. and look around the apartment for other evidence before fleeing. So they At that point, why wouldn't you just take the knife, right? Why would you take the effort to wipe it if it's such a distinct knife? Well, yeah, I don't know. Because you don't want to be caught with it later, I guess. Throw it out. Mm -hmm. Grab it. And then burn it somewhere. Okay, so they reenact the crime. It takes about 29 and a half seconds. Okay. So about the same. Three 
J.K. Simmons is thrilled. The timelines are matching up again. <laughs> Elijah Wood thinks he might change his verdict back again to guilty. Oh, stupid bitch. Tom Ho- uh, Hanks, <laughs> Hanks. <laughs> says he's not sure and wants to talk some more. He says he's sort of swinging back towards guilty. Oh. Tony Shalhoub says he is now in real doubt. And Tom Holland says guilty. I was right the first time. Oh. I know. The vote is now 9-3 in favor of guilty. Oh. Eight remarks that they are, are admitting... So Tom Hiddleston remarks that they are admitting the old man lied in one case, that it took 15 seconds, and told the truth in another, that he saw the boy. Isn't it just as likely to have been the other way around, that he told the truth about the amount of time and lied about seeing the boy? Yeah. Uh, And Tom Hiddleston asks, how many of them live in apartment buildings? Eight hands go up, including his own. Tony Shalhoub says, I don't know what you're thinking, but I know what I'm thinking. (laughs) What? Tony Shalhoub says, he does not live in a tenement, but it is close. Uh, And there is just enough light in the hall so you can see the steps, but even so, the light bulbs are small and dim. And he calls out minds back to when they were toured through the victim's apartment building. Mm -hmm. As a jury. Flashback. Yeah. Field trip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And asks if they remembered how... They stumbled on the steps. Tom right. Hiddleston says yes um, and recalls that one of the police officers even carried a flashlight. Mm. Uh, Tony Shalhoub says an old man who misjudged time by 20 seconds looked down a dim hallway of a tenement and recognized a running figure. How could he be 100% sure of what he saw? Yeah. Uh, Don Draper, played by John Hamm, played by... Juror 12. Number 12. <laughs> <laughs> wants to... Call a hung jury again. Uh, Eleven, Tony Shalhoub, asks Seven, Bradley Cooper, if he really feels there is no room for reasonable doubt. Bradley Cooper says yes. Tony Shalhoub asks if he knows what reasonable doubt really means. Mm-hmm. And Bradley Cooper gets angry, accusing Tony of coming over to the USA, oh. running for his life, and then telling Americans how they ought to oh. What? <laughs> Stanley Tucci says, no one is asking where anyone came from. Seven <laughs> says, <laughs> Bradley Cooper says, I was born right here. And then Stanley Tucci adds, or where your father came from. And at this, Seven looks away and passes. <laughs> oh my God. The foreman, Wallace Shawn, says that they should all stop arguing and focus on constructive ideas only. Elijah Wood says there's something that's been bothering him. <gasps> what is it? stab wound made at a downward angle. And then three, J.K. Simmons says that was gone over in court extensively. Elijah says he wasn't convinced. It seems like the shorter kid should not have stabbed his taller father with a downward stroke. Mm-hmm. That'd be weird. Three says, so J.K. Uh, says that he'll demonstrate how a shorter man could kill a taller man with a downward stroke of a switch knife. So Tom Hiddleston stands up and then J.K. takes the knife before crouching down to be six inches shorter than... Tom Hiddleston. And then sucks his dick. (laughs) (laughs) He opens up the knife and holds it up before stabbing downward. Uh, hard. Elijah Wood cries, look out! (laughs) But JK stops with the knife just shy of Tom Hiddleston's chest. He thinks he's hilarious. Oh my god, why is this a sexy scene right now? (laughs) (laughs) It's because of who we guessed. (laughs) Elijah Wood. (laughs) He thinks it's hilarious. (laughs) Um, although Tom Hanks and Tom Holland don't think it's funny, uh, but Tom Hiddleston brushes it off. He says nobody's hurt. And J.K. Simmons says he just demonstrated how he'd stab a taller man. Tom Hanks says, I guess there's no argument. 
Although then Tom Hiddleston asks Tom Hanks if he's ever stabbed a man and Tom Hanks says no, because of course he hasn't. He's Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Hiddleston asks... Middleston. (laughs) Tom Hiddleston (laughs) asks J.K. Simmons, who also says no. More surprising. Uh, So Tom Hiddleston asks how he knows how a stabbing was done. Tom Hiddleston wants to know if three J.K. Simmons has ever seen a man stabbed uh, and he has not. Oh, pussy. Tom Hiddleston points out that the kid was an experienced knife fighter who was sent to a reform school for stabbing someone else. Eight says that holding the knife overhand seems like an awkward way to handle it. So Tom Holland suddenly exclaims that he has seen knife fights before. Oh yeah, in the slums. Far too many of them, he says. He picks up the knife, musing that it's funny he didn't think about this before. Yeah. Um, but that he guesses one tries to forget negative memories, like oh. his knife fight memories. <laughs> <laughs> his PTSD. But yeah. he holds the knife, it just he floods says, back. Um, yeah. He says that anyone experienced with a switchblade would not have stabbed it overhand. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be used underhanded. He supposes that it's still possible the kid committed the crime, but it's not likely given his clear experience with switch knives. With switchblades. Uh, three and ten aren't convinced, so... Um, that is J.K. Simmons and Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Racist and racist junior. Yeah. However, Don Draper, John Hamm, you're 12. (laughs) Falters. Mm, Okay. So now we've got Tom Hiddleston pitching to the room. Is this kid smart or is this kid dumb? Nice. So let's think about this. He's known for using a switchblade. He went to a reform school for it. It would be very dumb to murder his father with a weapon that he's associated with. However, if he were that dumb, why would he make a wound that an inexperienced switchblade user would make? Is it a double bluff to throw us off the scent? Furthermore, is he smart enough to wipe the fingerprints away? To wait for the L train to cover the noise? Or is he dumb to wait for the train to come because someone in the L train could have seen the murder? If he was dumb and swept up by emotion, surely he would have handled the knife in a way that he was surest it would do the damage it needed. Mm. Underhanded, like he practiced. Does he become smart the moment after the murder? In order for him to be guilty, he has to be dumb between the hours of 8 and 12, <laughs> and smart for one second, then dumb for a few seconds, and then smart again, and then once he, and then once again he becomes so stupid he can't think of a good alibi. Which is a very convincing argument. It got me. <laughs> I, oh, God. He, yeah, Gary Oldman says it's the same with the old man downstairs. Does the man lie half the time and tell the truth the other half of the time? After a long moment of silence, Seven speaks up and says, I'm sold on reasonable doubt. So that's Ooh. Bradley Cooper. They got him. Got him. Mm-hmm. He just wants to get to Hamilton at this point. He's like, this is what they want. Right? He's like reading the room. He's like, I reckon this is the way for me to get out of here. <laughs> Two agree. So Elijah agrees and Tom Hanks agrees. Okay. So Tom Hiddleston's like, quick, let's vote again. <laughs> before they change their minds uh and wallace sean the foreman agrees and they do a big show of hands the vote now is nine to three in favor of acquittal with only three uh with only jurors three ten and four holding out so that's jk simmons clint eastwood and stanley tucci yeah but that's just because stanley tucci's you know important for the plot yeah the two racists, yeah, they'll just be there. But Stanley Tucci's the he's the tastemaker of the group. <laughs> yeah, he is. Thought leader. <laughs> Ten, Clint Eastwood goes off on a rant again and he says, I don't understand you people. How can you believe this kid is innocent? Look, you know how these people lie. 
I don't have to tell you. They don't know what the truth is. And he goes on like this for a while. And at first, Tom Holland gets up from the table, right? Because he's person. it's personal for him. Mm-hmm. And he gets up and he goes to the window. He stands with his back to number 10, to Clint Eastwood. Farts on him. <laughs> uh, Clint goes on and on about how these people are violent. However, as he speaks, gradually everyone stands up from the table and goes to the window with their backs to him. <laughs> the only one still sitting is J.K. Simmons, but he's toying with the knife, ignoring Clint Eastwood. Stanley Tucci is the last one to leave and turn his back on Ten. However, he demands, oh, Ten demands, they pay attention, but they ignore him. Oh. When at last he falls silent, Stanley Tucci speaks softly, saying, If you open your mouth again, I'm going to split your skull. Yes, please. <laughs> You're like, would you? <laughs> I love that. They literally just yeah. blocked him. They just put him on mute for a second. They're just like, hey. 50s version. He'll yeah. tire himself out mm-hmm. and then we'll sit back down. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Power moves. 10 Clint Eastwood weekly protests and Stanley Tucci. This is a fan fiction. I know. Stanley Tucci just like curb stomping Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Karate chops his fucking skull in half. Oh. Um, yeah, but yeah, so Stanley Tucci stares him down. Back in control of the room, Stanley brings up what is to him the most damning evidence of it all. The woman who saw the murder happened through the window of the L train. Uh, J.K. Simmons agrees agrees with him. He's like, yeah, this guy, what this guy says. But then... Mm-hmm. Uh, eight says, okay. So Tom Hiddleston says, okay, let's go over her testimony. Stanley Tucci says, I believe I can recount it accurately. So this is a quote. She said she went to bed at about 11 o'clock that night. Her mm-hmm. bed was next to the open window, and she could look out the window while lying down and see directly into the window across the street. Why would you want that? Close your curtains. <laughs> she tossed and turned for over an hour, unable to fall asleep. Finally, she turned towards the window at about 12.10, and as she looked out, she saw the boy stab his father. And as far as I can see, that is unshakable testimony. Three uh, agrees enthusiastically, JK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanley asks... Don Draper. <laughs> John Hamm. John Hamm. Juror 12. <laughs> what he thinks. Um, but he's getting overwhelmed. He's like, there's so much evidence to sift. Elijah Wood polishing his glasses. <laughs> I'm from Sin City. <laughs> from Sin City. <laughs> Asks what time is it? What time it is. Tom Hanks wonders if they'll let him go home and finish up in the morning as he has a kid with the mumps. Oh. Which is his son... What's that guy's name? Colin. Colin. <laughs> Played by Colin. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I don't like that. Cool. Awesome. That's very uh, gay, like game mastery of you. Awesome, awesome guys. Awesome. All right. This is good. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, he wants to go home and feed Colin Hanks. <laughs> of course. What did you? <laughs> Tom Middleston asks. Elijah would if he can't see the clock on the wall without his glasses. Elijah says no. Tom Hiddleston asks if he has to put on his glasses to look at the clock when he wakes up in the night and wants to know the time. Can you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, the bitch wore glasses. Elijah says yes. Yes, Stanley Tucci, who also wears glasses, of course. Of course he does. (laughs) Of course he does. Of course he does. Says he waits for the clock to chime. So he can't see them either. See the clock either. Tom Middleton asks if anyone wears glasses to bed. Uh, yeah, because I'm on my phone. Elijah says, of course not. Of and course then, not. 
And then Tom Hiddleston reminds the rest of the jury that the woman who claimed to see the murder through the L train wore glasses. Oh, 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 yes, glasses, yes. <laughs> go up. <laughs> Come going up. <laughs> this is lit, fam. <laughs> Send it. Send it. Dead ass. What else are the words? <laughs> Anyway, all right. Yeah. The bitch lied. The yeah. old man lied. Who's... She never took them off in the courtroom. Stanley Tucci is in shock. How is that? He's shocked. The lawyer is so bad <laughs> to not notice these things. The glasses. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Awesome. Wasn't worried yet. So Stanley's shook. Um, he says he never thought of that. Tom Hiddleston thinks it's logical to say that she wasn't wearing her glasses in bed. Now, it's possible she honestly thought she saw the boy kill his father. But I say... She saw only a blur. J.K. Simmons is like, what if she's farsighted? <laughs> <laughs> no one answers. <laughs> Tom Middleton asks if there is anyone who doesn't honestly think there's a reasonable doubt. And then Stanley Tucci says quietly that he is convinced there is a reasonable doubt. Fuck yeah. Finally, J.K. Simmons is the last holdout. Wait, the racist? Reasonable doubted? No, no, J.K. Simmons is the last holdout. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Racist. Yeah, maybe he just goes along with it. Nah, he's a racist. Wait, where did they... Well, Stanley Tucci oh, I guess didn't... he never actually said. Eh, whatever. They just turned their backs on him. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Tom Hiddleston asks three, J.K. Simmons, to make his arguments. J.K. Simmons says he's already made his arguments. We'll make them again. J.K. pleads with Stanley Tucci. He's like, what's the matter with you? You made all the arguments. You can't turn loose a murderer. And Stanley says he doesn't often feel he's wrong, but he thinks he was in this case. Tom Hiddleston asks J.K. Simmons for his answer. And then J.K. says, you're not going to intimidate me. Gary Oldman says it takes a great deal of courage to stand alone. Mm. That's your nine. At long last, J.K. Simmons pounds the table with his fist. He seems <laughs> as if he's about to cry. He wants pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> he says, all right. The foreman, Wallace Shawn, goes to the door and flags the guard. They all file out past the guard. J.K. Simmons and Tom Hiddleston are the last jurors left. J.K. Simmons pulls the switchblade out of the table uh. and walks over to Tom Hiddleston with it. He's holding it underhanded. I've forgotten. J.K. Simmons. Oh my god. Looks... That was such a cliffhanger, you bitch! <laughs> J.K. Simmons looks at Tom Hiddleston for a long time. The point of the knife aimed at Tom Hiddleston's belly. Wow. Tom Hiddleston says, not guilty. And three, J.K. Simmons hands the knife to Tom Hiddleston and repeats his words, not guilty. And then the curtain comes down and that's the end of the play. Are you serious? Yeah. We don't get to find out what actually happened. Well, they all give the not guilty. No, but the crime. Oh, no. Well, that's not the point of the story. No. Are you serious? <laughs> it's about reasonable doubt, Sam. Do you have reasonable doubt? That's my f closing question for you. What is reasonable <laughs> doubt? Are you um, Stanley Tucci? No, I'm Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Just on the floor, like, I should be in Hamilton. <laughs> it's so hot. It's so hot. It's actually so cold. Um, We're going through a cold snap in Melbourne right now. I know, right? Mm. Well. That's just something you can know about us. God, that was so good. I'm glad that. you liked it. Always love of a mystery. We should always do a mystery. We should do more mysteries. I love mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> They're mysterious. <laughs> um, 
Oh um, my god, but no, that was so good. Just like the end of each act. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's so hilarious moment, as well. Yeah. Sorry. Or is it actually funny or, do, or is it just funny because we're I think it's assholes. just funny because we're because it's the 50s and we're assholes. I don't think it's funny in the actual. Yeah, because it was like when well, he's, oh, like, when he's like, I'll, I'll kill, kill you. you. Yeah, I think that's more, I think that's meant to be dramatic. And then what's the end of the first act again? The end of the first act is him stabbing the knife into the yeah. table. The identical <laughs> The gremlin's knife. knife. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, we made that up. So. <laughs> Mahogany. I'll kill you. <laughs> and then the final act where he's about to stab him in the belly. Oh my God. Then he just goes. No, you can gotcha. Gotcha. Ooh. <laughs> He's like, can't get mad, not stabbing. Um, so do you think you really got J.K. Simmons with the reasonable doubt? Or he's just like, I'm tired, I'm sick I think of this. He, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends how you play it if you're the actor. You know what I mean? How yeah. would J.K. play it? He'd probably go for the pathos, go for the actual change of heart, I feel like. But I bet you could play it as like, he I just know. gave up because he was I'm the tired. only one left. Yeah. Yeah. I'll kill him in my own time, whatever. Although I guess if he he could have like been stubborn and hung the jury if he wanted to. Yeah, if he if he re- but mm. here's the thing, like as you said, six days, really hot, really late. Mm. At what point does a human like you know <laughs> break? Just go like yeah. fucking whatever. Like just, uh, just, metamorphosis, the limits of sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> the limits of sympathy. The limits of just torture. Just all right. I've yeah. been waterboarded enough. Yeah, yeah. You can have it. I'm tired. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? But it, it's probably because it's written for TV, right? Like, mm. it's meant to get you, especially those, like... I've been got. Yeah, right before uh, ad break moments. Yeah. <gasps> Skip ads. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that was good. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, good job, uh, Reginald Rose. <laughs> anyway, it's a mid-season break. Yeah. Because... Miss Alana has Miss Big plans. She's got, yeah, it's congratulations, Alana. But congratulations to Alana. Very good. New cool film gig New job. New cool film gig job. And in the meantime, mm. Sandy will work on finishing her book reports, not the day <laughs> off. And <laughs> I will work off. on... Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> not even myself. Not even my personality. <laughs> Nothing about me at all. I don't need help. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. You can find us on Instagram. You can message us on Instagram. email. <laughs> and, and yeah, please like and subscribe and do things that will improve our algorithm. If you like this, we'd appreciate that. Please give us money. And see. <laughs> I um I watch all the how to with John Wilson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when oh, he yeah. walks onto the set of West Side Story, <laughs> he's like, What is real? <laughs> so good. It's I so love good. that show. It's such the a good guy show. that hunts pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I got one on the hook right now. <laughs> you made, you wasted my time. I skipped school today. 